Hello, ladies. You are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In the show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. Well, hey, welcome everybody. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Linda Benz, and I'm excited to be bringing her to you. Linda is an accomplished energy coach, speaker, and author of several books on energy. As a sensitive, introverted, and highly empathic person, she knows what it's like to feel invisible, which is our topic today. It's a great topic. But she's gone on to surpass everyone's expectations, including her own. Her mission is to help her clients discover essential techniques for freeing their energy, for clarifying focus, and incorporating inner awareness, acceptance, and peace so they can claim the success and fulfillment they deserve. Sounds like stuff I talk about all the time. (laughs) So welcome, Linda, to the show. I'm excited to have you on with us today. Thank you, Janelle. It's my pleasure. I'm delighted to be here. Yes. Well, where do you live in the world? Let's start with that. I am in Gresham, Oregon, um, in the US. I'm not originally from there. You probably detect uh, originally from England, but I've been in the US for about 27 years now. So, Yeah, I thought I detected a little bit of an accent. (laughs) My uh, grandmother was from Liverpool Uh and she married my grandfather. I think it was right, right after World War II, maybe. And he was stationed over there and then he brought her to the States and she lived in the States for the rest of her life. And most of her life and she's mm-hmm. never she never did le- lose that accent yes she some people a, do some don't <laughs> she was adorable she was about four foot nine little <laughs> tiny lady <laughs> <laughs> so it is great to have you on today I love the topic we're going to be talking about invisible feeling invisible I feel like that's something that a lot of women feel at one time or another or maybe even a lot of the time So I'm really excited to dive into that. I think that what you bring will help us all. So I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background, you know, how you, how you came to be doing what you're doing today. Well, I always say I was raised not to succeed, you know, (laughs) Um, I grew up knowing definitely feeling and knowing that I was very different from everybody else around me, not understanding why. And so because of that, I constantly heard messages like, um, oh, you're too sensitive. Oh, get over it. Why can't you be more like so-and-so? What's wrong with you? You you think too much. You know, everything was, everything about me was wrong uh, in other people's eyes, it seemed. And so I think I learned how to become invisible as a coping mechanism, really. Um, It was like the less people noticed me, the better, you know, and I I didn't get all of that. Um, But I definitely grew up believing that there was something wrong with me. And the idea of accomplishment, of achieving anything, just never entered my head. You just talk about goals and things like that. The idea of having a goal just was never there. 
And so it was interesting because when I started working, I started doing really well and people would tell me how well I did and they would promote me and my bosses were always really pleased with my work. And I remember being terrified because I thought any minute now they're going to find out the truth that I'm not really good, you know, that there's something wrong with me. But little by little, I began to question this idea that I was hopeless, you know, and couldn't amount to anything just because of the other messages I was receiving. So I began to question the belief that I wasn't good enough, that there was something wrong with me. And then I started getting interested in energy, actually initially because of my dog at the time. This was many years ago. Um, He was ill and um, I started looking into holistic medicine for him. And um, anyway, that started me on the path to learning about energy. Um, And ultimately, I I was so excited by what I was learning that I felt I wanted to share this information with other people. So that's when I decided I would start my own business. I really didn't have a plan. You know, I just knew I wanted to do this and I didn't have any business expertise. And it's quite interesting that as an introvert and a highly sensitive one at that, that I made the decision to do this because um, a lot of what I had to do was go out and talk to people and educate people. So I had to be up in front of people, which used to terrify me. And so I started, I started doing that. I think starting your own business is one of the biggest personal growth <laughs> tools, really, um, because you, it forces you. You can't be in business and be helping other people if you have your own insecurities and your own baggage, really. So it forces you to look at all of that. And so really that's what happened because, you know, first of all, if we talk about being invisible, you can't be in business and be, be invisible. It doesn't really work very well. So I had to make the decision that was it still serving me to be invisible, to, to not want to be seen? No, it wasn't. So I had to learn how to step out of that. You know, that my journey is like a lot of many other people's. At one time, I, you know, I was married very early. I married at 18. I was divorced seven years later. Um, my husband left me with a lot of debt. I lost my house. Hmm. So I've been through many of those things. And there were times when I thought that I couldn't possibly recover from any of that. And I certainly didn't feel like I had the tools to do so. But I did, you know, and I sit here now with this just amazing life that when I look back on how I used to be, it's really hard to believe that I'm here now accomplishing what I have. Um, So the message there really is if I can do that, not even having any any tools (laughs) in my disposal, just figuring it out as I went along then certainly anybody can do it. And if you have the tools then and the knowledge, then you can definitely do it. You, you can really accomplish anything you want. I do know that now. Right. And I, I, your story is so, I know it's unique to you, but it's also typical of a lot of women. You were describing earlier kind of that imposter syndrome, that feeling like they're going to find me out, that I'm not really. And that plagues so many women. It's a topic I've been talking about a lot lately, and I find that it's resonating with a lot of women. And just in my reading and research, there's been a lot of research around it. It's very common for women to feel like they aren't good enough and like they are uh, a fraud and they're going to be found out any minute now. Uh, but I love your story because it just shows that, like you said, even if you don't have some kind of massive training or skills or tools yet, you can 
learn them and you can acquire them as long as you just believe in yourself, take the chance, take that step and, and start moving in that direction, which you did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really a process. I, I would say if I had to boil it down, it's about unlearning everything you thought you knew and letting go of everything you thought you knew because we, we often grow up you know, with the beliefs or believing who we are, but those beliefs about who we are are based on other people's expectations exactly. and other people's projections. Mm -hmm. And there comes a point for everybody, sometimes it's sooner, sometimes it's later, where you have to challenge that, where you have to look at that and say, wait a minute, is this really true? Yeah. And mostly we discover exactly. no, it isn't, <laughs> you know. And I think, you know, like you said, there's comes a point where you challenge that and that for everyone is a choice to make. And it is up to you to make that choice. You, if you don't challenge yes. that, you'll just continue on with where you're at and you'll never really grow to your full potential. Right. I don't think. Right. Yeah. No, you can't. Not while you're trying to be exactly. something you're really not. Oh, yeah. And you'll never feel... Uh, fully satisfied you'll never feel fully confident and all that energy that no. goes into trying to be somebody you're not it's just draining and it doesn't feel good yeah <laughs> you know? yeah. No, yeah not in the least so I love this idea <laughs> of being invisible so explain that a little bit what does being invisible mean to you well I think you know, each of us probably has our own reasons for doing it. And they're usually subconscious reasons. They're not something we particularly think about. We don't wake up one morning and say, I want to be invisible, <laughs> you know, but it's based on the experiences we have and how we cope with them. And sometimes it's just easier, you know, to shrink away and not be noticed. Interestingly enough, throughout my life, I've had experiences, you know, as much as I wanted to be invisible, I have had experiences that put me front and center when I didn't really want to be. So uh, moving to the US was an example of that. When I first moved to the United States, I was living in St. Louis, Missouri, had not been to the US before. And this was, you know, 27 years ago. So it, it was fascinating because I stood out like a sore thumb. You know, all I had to do was open my mouth and people would just stare at me or people would say, Oh, I just love your accent. Say something, oh, you know, so for somebody who does not want to be <laughs> center, uh -oh. that was a real challenge for me in the beginning. And, and when I started my own business, I remember going to, to talk to a business coach and he said, wow, he said, your, your accent is really uh, beneficial. He said, you want to use it. And, and I've often said to people, you know, I could be saying anything and you wouldn't care what I'm saying. That's true. <laughs> just listening to how I'm saying it. But it was, it was just interesting because, you know, I pick up the phone, I just say hello. And the person would immediately say, oh, it's Linda, you know. And I was like, ah. <laughs> this is a really new experience for me. But so that being invisible, I see it as a coping mechanism and it, it serves a purpose for us in one way or another. But sometimes it doesn't serve us and we have to, so if, if you find yourself becoming frustrated, so for example, I've been in situations, I was at a conference uh, a few years ago, for example, where um, I was there and I was standing in a group of people and somebody came around and they were handing out all the workbooks, you know, for, for everybody at the the conference. And so I'm standing in this group. So she comes around, hands one to everyone except me and walks off. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, there's my invisibility yep. again. <laughs> so 
<laughs> those kinds of things happen. Or you could be in a restaurant with a group of people and the server comes and takes everybody's orders and doesn't ask you. They <laughs> really feel invisible. <laughs> right. Um, so that that's when you know, uh, I'm doing my invisible thing again. Those are ex- experiences where it's not really serving you. Yes, it can serve you but it doesn't really serve you. <laughs> and so that's the question we need to ask ourselves. You know, how am I creating this invisibility and, and how is it serving me or is it serving me in any way and where is it not serving me? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting that you're bringing out the perspective of it being a coping mechanism because I've always thought of it as being on, on the other side kind of more of a something that happens to you, like you feel invisible because you're being overlooked People aren't really seeing you or noticing you or taking the time to get to know you. That used to happen to me because I'm, I tend to be quiet, but actually now I'm thinking with you saying that, that maybe I was using it as a coping mechanism and didn't realize it. And so then I was manifesting that in my life and not being noticed because I was actually trying to hide. And I often say that I hid behind the curtain of my life backstage. Uh So, Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it it is a choice, but it's an unconscious one. Yes. And certainly as an introvert, you do tend to be more quiet. I'm certainly very often in a group of people and people will say, are you okay? You know, is everything all right? Because you're not saying anything. What they don't realize is that um, I am participating. I'm listening to everything. I'm taking everything in. So I really am participating but people don't understand that. A few people have shared with me, which was really interesting and helpful for me, a couple of things. One is that when you are in a group of people and you are very quiet, especially if it's a group of people you don't know, those people can feel judged by you. Because I was told one time, I was at a conference and I was going to be speaking on the second day. It was a two-day conference. I was going to be a speaker on the second day. And when I do something like that, because I'm an introvert, because I'm highly sensitive, I'm picking up on all the energy going on around me and people's emotions, all that kind of thing. So I really have to take care of my energy um, so that I can perform, you know, for the for the presentation I'm going to give. And so I tend to be more quiet. I certainly don't work the room or anything like that. I absolutely talk to people when they come to me and I enjoy talking to people. So I was just there for the two days. And then the second day I gave my presentation and so many people came up to me afterwards. And this one woman came up to me, she said, you know, I was very intimidated by you yesterday um, before I heard you speak. She said, I was really intimidated. I said, really? Why? Because I couldn't think of anybody less intimidated. <laughs> um, and she said, well, I realize now that it's because, you know, because you're highly sensitive because of the uh, introversion that you are quiet. But when someone is quiet, she said, I guess it makes me feel judged by that person. And that's intimidating. I thought, wow, that's a really interesting way to see it. And I had never considered that before. I think people who are not quiet and maybe they're the ones talking when there's somebody very quiet in the room or in the group, it makes them feel intimidated almost. It's like they're curious and they're also like feeling uncomfortable because this one person, what are they thinking about? Why are they not talking? Yes. 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 And I, I do make the effort. I think since, since she told me that I I make more of an effort now to 
to participate, um, but it's really hard for me. I don't do small talk, and that's a, it's a trait of you know highly sensitive people. If, if I'm going to talk to someone, I want to know about them. I want to have a good conversation, an in-depth conversation. So we don't do small talk very well. So I'm learning and still learning, always learning how to get a little bit better at that. But how can I make the small talk, if you like, uh, more a little more in-depth and a little more interesting for me and for the person I'm talking to? Yes. So Yeah, and that does take practice and takes intention, yeah. especially for introverts. Mm-hmm. shy people quiet people uh i used to be the one that was quiet and a lot of times people would say are you feeling all right are you okay yes. yeah and i would say yeah i'm fine what's wrong you know why do they keep asking me that <laughs> and then that would make yeah. me want to be even more quiet so, right and i was usually taking so much in i always tell people the people that are quiet watch them because they're the ones that are taking in a lot and they're listening better than anyone else and they could tell you more Mm -hmm. about what's really going on than all the people that are talking well i had a friend um so i was in a mastermind group and a new person came into the group and this uh, friend of mine who was in the group she was introducing me to this person and telling her a little bit about me and she said something that i thought was really interesting she said linda doesn't say very much she said but when she does you really want to pay attention because it has meaning it has depth to it yes. <laughs> Oh, yes, that's it. Yes, I found that to be true a lot of times with people that are quiet because they are yes. really listening and taking it in. And usually, like you said, there are people that are very intuitive and very sensitive and deep thinkers. And yes. so, yeah, watch out when they start speaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, it's an interesting point, the, the introversion versus the extroversion. So I'm definitely an introvert, but I can be very extroverted when I'm talking to a group of people about something I'm passionate about. It's hard to shut me up. I think we all have aspects of both introversion and extroversion within us, and we can tap into either one you know, as we need to. I agree. Yes. And usually there's one that's dominant, but yes. yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Totally. I used to think I was totally an extrovert, but now I realize I'm kind of on the cusp and I'm actually more introverted most of the time because I really do get my energy from, I need to, my alone time, but yes. I enjoy being with people and I love people and I love to talk to them. And just like you, I love meaningful conversations and I always want to go deep. So I'm probably mm-hmm. more introverted than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it can change at different times in our lives. You know, there are maybe times when, we feel the need to be more introverted and times when we feel the need to be more extroverted. So I don't think it has to be, you know, one or the other or uh, one thing all of the time. Right. I agree with that. Definitely. So, so interesting to think about being invisible as sort of a coping mechanism. So what would you say to somebody who is now realizing listening to this conversation that, Oh, wow, I guess I do kind of, shrink back and, and become invisible as a coping mechanism, but I don't want to. I want to be able to express myself and I want to be able to feel confident in speaking up in a group or in a meeting or up in front of everyone. What would you say to somebody like that to help them to stop feeling invisible or stop using it as a coping mechanism maybe? Yeah, well, I think you know, self-awareness is always the first step. Awareness is the first step. Yes. Um, so 
to know that you're doing it. So if you have listened to this and now you're recognizing that, yes, this is something that I do, I think the next step is to ask, you know, how is it serving you or is it serving you? You know, and why might you be doing this? What, what, what is your reason behind? I think we need to dig a little bit, you know, I'm doing this because it serves me in this way. And, you know, we might think, well, it, does, it doesn't serve me. How can it possibly serve me? But if you're doing it, it does serve you in some way. There's a reason you're doing that. And we typically want to make it about everybody else. Well, it's their fault because they're ignoring me mm-hmm. or it's their fault because, you know, I'm, clearly I'm here and they just missed me. But I think if those things happen to you, you are on some level making a, a choice that you want to be invisible. So that's the place to start is to be really honest with yourself And I would ask yourself if you're ready and willing to change it because the answer may be no. So I would ask myself, and I have asked myself, okay, I am, this is playing out in my life. I am choosing to be invisible, um, certainly in certain ways. Am I willing to change that? And then, you know, explore that a little bit. What, and, and you might come up with the answer, no, I'm not willing to change it. I'm not ready to change it. And then you could ask yourself, oh, why might, you know, why might that be? Why, what am I afraid will happen if I stop becoming invisible? And typically some of the things we think will happen, you know, that people have more expectations of us or um, people will criticize us more or comment about us more. Um, You know, I used to really hate it when I was, it doesn't happen now, thank goodness, (laughs) as I've got older, but when I was a teenager or in my twenties or thirties and men, would comment, you know, men would make a comment or whistle or something like that. Now, a lot of women like that. I never, ever did. I really hated it. It made me shrink. It made me cringe, you know, so that was a benefit to me of being invisible. I didn't want that to happen, you know, so it's it's kind of examining that and it's it's really self-inquiry because if you want to change it, I think there are three main things. You have to know yourself and that requires great honesty. Yes, you have to accept yourself, right? Everything about you. It's like I had to learn how to accept that, yes, I'm an introvert. Yes, I'm highly sensitive. And that brings a whole set of challenges with it. You know, so you have to learn how to accept yourself and then allow yourself to be yourself. Mm. And, you know, those three things sound easy. They're really not necessarily easy. But so I think it starts with that self-inquiry. How am I choosing this? Why am I choosing this? Am I willing to change it? You know, how is it playing out for me? What am I afraid of uh, that might happen if I stop being invisible? Knowing those things is absolutely the first step to changing it. I totally agree. Awareness definitely is the start because if you're not aware of what you're doing, then you can't do anything about it. And I like the point you made was, was really good about Sometimes we end up blaming, before we've created that awareness, we're blaming other people for overlooking us and mm. not seeing us. Oh, it's their fault. They just ignored me. They don't like me yeah. or they're, they're playing favorites, right? Or right. whatever. And as long as you're in that kind of blaming mode, you're not aware of yourself. Right. You're, it's easy to put the blame on everyone else. It's easier sometimes than to do the inner work that you're talking about. Oh, it's right? <laughs> Creating the awareness and then being willing to do some deep dive, you know, deep diving exploration, like the why, why am I doing this? Is it serving me? 
Mm-hmm. Why do I want to stay here? Uh, most of the time, if you are trying, if you're wanting to stay invisible, it's because you're trying to protect yourself from rejection right. or criticism or, you know, really be honest with yourself. I love that. That's honesty is the key. I think we become very good at deceiving ourselves. Or, <laughs> yes. And so it does take uh, real honesty. And if you have a, a really trusted person, you know, it, that you can talk to about it. This is where a coach comes in yep. you know, really handy because they know the questions to ask you to bring out these answers. Right. And they're, they're an objective person. They're not yes. your friend or your family member who has, you know, a vested interest or maybe, you know, you've got a history with them. This is a coach is somebody that's there just for you. They're not bringing in their own agenda. They're not bringing in their own. Right thoughts about it or opinions. They're just asking you the right question. So you can see and, and bring to the surface. Those things are in that are invisible to you actually that are unconscious. So yeah, yeah. yeah, Coaching is powerful for any kind of self-discovery. Can you give us some simple techniques uh, other than the awareness and the self-discovery, but maybe some practical techniques that people can use in the moment. So say you're in a situation where you're feeling invisible and you're like, oh, now I'm aware of it because I just heard that podcast and I'm feeling invisible right now. What would be, you know, a little technique they could do in that moment? Well, I think a technique I like to use because even if you're in a situation and you're recognizing that it's happening, you may not have you may not be able to think of the right words or the right way to speak up in that moment so what I like to do is say to myself just ask myself the question okay what is the most loving thing I can do for myself in this situation wow I love that one yeah Yeah. and it's it takes away the pressure of I need to know what to do you know I'm supposed to be changing this and I need to know what to do so you just you just let yourself sit with that question. What is the most loving thing I can do for myself in this situation? And maybe in that moment, it's to not do anything. And maybe all you need to do is be aware of it. But maybe what will come to you is the idea to say something or do something. But it's about being kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we typically when we choose to be invisible, I believe it's because we think it's not okay to be who we really are. Wow. That's powerful. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually getting goosebumps as I said that because if you knew it was okay to be who you really are and allowed yourself to be who you really are, you would never need to be invisible. Wow. That is powerful. Wow. We are going to have to pull that out and make cards (laughs) because it's so true. So Say that again one more time. <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> so when we choose to be invisible, it's because in some way we believe that it's not okay to be who we really are. Because if we knew it, that not only was it okay, but it was essential yes. <laughs> to be who we really are, that's all we can be, then you would never need to feel or be invisible. That's huge. Again. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier about really knowing yourself. So yes. many women I found do not truly know who they are. And it's usually because they don't think it's okay to be who they are. So right. they've either, either been told they should be a certain way or in some way 
experienced criticism or rejection or whatever. And so they've been trying to be somebody else because this deeper belief is it's not okay to be who I am. So if you get to know who you are and then you choose to accept and embrace who you are before you expect anybody else to. Right. right? So and I do want to point out that knowing who you are, I mean, it takes a lifetime, yes. really. I'm still, I learn more about myself every day. So yes. I do want to point out that it's not something that's just going to happen like that. It's a, it is a journey. I know that's very overused, but it is. I mean, every single day, be willing to learn something new about yourself. Just be open to that. But above all, be kind to yourself. You could even use that question every day and say, what's the most loving thing I can do for myself today? Beautiful question. Just, just treat yourself in that way and then you'll start to learn who you really are. And I love the self-kindness and self-compassion idea because we are usually our own worst critics mm. and we're saying things to ourselves in our heads that are very unkind, things we would never say to somebody else. Oh, absolutely. I used to be brutal to myself. I really did. I remember one time I was with a friend who's a counselor And I was talking about this other person who was so mean to everybody and she was mean to me, but I couldn't get away from her. (laughs) It was one of those things that she was like stuck to me like glue. And I said to my friend, okay, I understand the concept of people being in our lives for a reason and showing us something about ourselves. I said, I understand that. I cannot for the life of me think what she is showing me about myself because I would never treat anybody the way she does. And I can't understand it. And my friend said, you do treat yourself that way. Wow. Oh, (laughs) revelation. She said, you're really mean to yourself. And I realized that was true. And that started the process of me changing that dynamic. Um, you know, it's so, well. it's so often what, uh, what we see in other people, what we don't like in other people is, is something to do with what we don't like in ourselves. Yes. yes. So Absolutely. that's another huge insight right there. Mm-hmm. So self-kindness, bringing some awareness to when you're being invisible, ask yourself why and is it serving you and how do you really want to show up? And if you feel that kind of that self-criticism come up like it's not okay to be me and that's why I'm invisible then begin to see all the wonderful things in you I remember one time hearing this phrase over and over again in my mind and I know it came from my heart and I felt like it was God speaking to me and he said do you know how great you are and I was like how great I am like what are you talking about and it kept Mm -hmm. coming and coming over days and weeks and finally I began to sit with that and think well what does that mean? I'm not great. I'm just Janelle from Christiansburg, Virginia, you know, but I began to really look at who I am, what makes me strong in certain areas, what are my natural personality traits and what would others say about me that they like about me. And I just began to make a list. And, you know, later on, I took some assessments and discovered, you know, strengths and and values and things like that. And those words that described me, I began to kind of hold on to and and speak them over myself because they were true about me. And I began Mm -hmm. to really embrace the fact that some of the things I thought were faults or flaws were actually strengths. One of them was I'm very calm and quiet, like you're talking about being quiet. And I used to think of that as a a fault or a flaw, a weakness, especially you and I are both speakers too, you know, 
And it held me back for a long time because I thought, well, Mm -hmm. I'm too quiet. Nobody's going to want to hear anything I have to say. But then I started hearing from people when I opened myself up to see the good things in me. Mm. And I started hearing people, mostly my clients and my friends saying, I love your quietness because it calms me down. It's one of the biggest strengths you have, actually. It's powerful. Mm. It brings me into a quiet space where I can stop and be calm and think things through. And then I began to realize, oh, my goodness, I don't have to be somebody else. I don't have to pretend to be this boisterous, loud, like assertive person because that's not who I am. And it's okay to be me because who I am is is very powerful as well. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful what you just said. And it is, it's about recognizing that you don't have to be anything else. It's about owning who you are. Exactly. You know, one of the hardest things for me to do was learn how to be a speaker, to stand up and speak in front of people. And I thought, you know, I would look at professional speakers and, you know, especially the ones that have high energy and, you know, rah, 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 and all of this. And I thought that's what it meant being a professional speaker. And so I used to think, oh, I can't do that, you know. Right. <laughs> but then I heard a speaker talk about how, and he's an introvert, and how he, he realized that you just have to be who you are. And then what I started to do was when I would um, stand on stage and talk to people, I would tell them, I would say, you know, I, I'm, I don't consider myself to be a professional speaker. If you think of a speaker as being this, you know, that's not who I am. I'm up here because I have some information that I want to share with you. Um, and it's really hard for me to do this. You know, and when I do that and I open myself up and allow people to know, okay, this is who I really am. This is hard, but I'm so passionate about what I'm talking about that I feel compelled to share it with you because I know you will benefit. Mm. People come up to me afterwards and say, oh, thank you. You know, it's like you've made me feel that it's okay Mm -hmm. to stand up because I'm, I'm afraid of speaking in front of people. So it's like it gives people permission by you just being you and honest about it. It's like it gives people permission to be themselves as well. It truly does. Being authentic is always what attracts people and allows them to be authentic to who they are. People love authenticity. They actually Mm. love vulnerability. They love it when you're Mm -hmm. real. And like Mm. we said earlier, it is so much easier just to be you. And to be you in the sense of, I really like who I am, not just, oh, well, I have to just be, you know, who I am. But embracing and loving who you are and realizing that you are a gift to the world and just being you. And there is nobody else like you. Yeah. Uh, and just embrace your uniqueness, own it. Yeah. Be you know, say that I think probably my goal growing up was just to be like everybody else and not be noticed, you know, just blend in and just, just be average, you know, like, like most people. Oh, I wish this was taught in schools. I really do, you know, to own your uniqueness. Don't spend your energy wishing you were like other people or trying to fit in with other people. You are not like other people. No, no two people are the same. We all have our own unique abilities, skills, gifts, talents, traits, you know, embrace all of it. Yes, exactly. I love it. I love this whole conversation and all the wonderful things that you're bringing. Thank you so much for bringing all of that. And you have a free offer, don't you, for my audience? 
I do. I do. And so um, I thought, you know, if somebody's having a challenge with this and they want to talk uh, specifically about, you know, being invisible and how it plays out in their lives, I'd be happy to do a, a, a little 15 minute um, phone session or Zoom session to talk about it and to give them some specific um, ideas of things they might be able to do to uh, take those steps to move out of that if, they, if they're ready to do that. So the best way to do it is just email me. It's lynda at lindabins.com and uh, request a discovery session. Um, just reference this podcast and I'd be more than happy to, to help someone through that. Sounds wonderful. And I definitely would encourage any of you to take Linda up on this offer because even a 15 minute session, you'd be amazed at what can oh. come out. <laughs> Oh yes, we uh, we get we get to a lot, yes. <laughs> especially with a skilled coach such as Linda, and somebody who's been there. So mm-hmm. um, I will put all that information in the show notes. You'll be able to email her and check out her website and all of that good stuff. I'm just thrilled that we've had a chance to talk to people, especially introverts and people that struggle with being uh, invisible today, because it's a very important topic. And you brought out a lot of incredibly valuable uh, information. So thank you again for being with us today. It's been my pleasure, Janelle. love the conversation. Awesome. All right, ladies. Well, that's it for now. Until next time, be confident, be real and be you and be fearless. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.